brought to you almost live from the dude in the basement studios. Why? Because that's where the good stuff is. It sips, suds, and smokes with your smoking host, the good old boys. Suds, suds, suds. It's time for more suds. It is definitely time for more suds. Welcome to this suds episode where everything good in life is worth discussing. I am one of your hosts here, good old boy Mike. Joining me here at the table is good old boy Dave. Hey, hey. Good old gal Juliana. Greetings, everyone. And introducing good old boy Drew. Good evening. Our sud segments are all about beer, beer, and more beer. Our... Uh, our show today is actually sponsored by A5 Group and Craft Beer Kings. Today's Suds episode is all about collaboration. But first up, we're going to have one of our hosts read our Suds ratings, and Juliana is going to cover those for us today. We will be tasting and discussing these beers. Just tasting? Well, <laughs> Not chuggling? <laughs> I think there is chuggling in order today with okay, some of these. Right, okay. Anyways. Um... Yeah, so we'll be tasting and discussing these beers and rating them with the Suds ratings, plus our very signature belching sounds. Here are those ratings now. Number one. That sucks. Give me anything but a bud. Number two. <sighs> what a relief. Uh, number two is what's at a belch. Oh. <laughs> Sugar cubes. Drink. Yeah, I think I need to drink. <laughs> Was that a belch? Number three. Okay, fine. Ah, <laughs> what a relief. Number four. A body should really not make that sound. And number five. Listen to that hang time. Give me another. Thank you, Juliana, for that delightful reading of the Suds ratings. Not completely accurate. <clears throat> not but that's okay. I don't know how to rank my beers now. Oh, I'm completely confused. I have no idea where we're at. Today's show is a show-and-tell episode. Each host has brought a beer to talk about. The rest of the hosts have had a chance to try each beer, and we're going to go around. Each host is going to introduce their beer, discuss their tasting notes, and then we'll actually get to rate the beer with our Suds ratings. All of these beers involve some form of collaboration. Uh, and brewing, a topic which we have discussed in the past as well, um, you know, which are our collaboration beers actually better? Are two brewers better than one? We'll revis revisit that question as well as talk about these beers today. I thought I would actually toss out a slightly different question uh, to, to get us going on talking about collaboration beers, which is, are we seeing more or less collaboration beer and possibly why? Anybody up for answering that one? I'll take that first. <laughs> <laughs> this should be entertaining. <laughs> no, um, this is my serious voice, so you'll know I'm serious. <laughs> uh, I think that uh, we're seeing more collaborations, and I think the reason um, that we are seeing more is in part because we're seeing more and more craft breweries open um, all the time. Uh, and, you know, with technology and travel being the way it is, the world is getting smaller and smaller. And I think people, um, American brewers are really 
enjoying the ability to, you know, even though they may be, you know, one brewery may be in Colorado, another may be in Denmark or somewhere, or, you know, wherever, um, it's still way easier to um, get together, collaborate, come up with something great, and and get it out in the market. Yeah, I <clears throat> I agree that uh, definitely there's a lot more commercial brewing that's going on. Um, I think it's just a excuse to get out of the brewery. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so, could be. Um, you know, it was I, that is one thing that I noticed um, that um, a conversation that I had with uh, Corey King from Perennial Oil uh, last year when you know I was just getting to know him and and chatting and stuff it was very interesting how he was kind of marking time you know he has a lot of things on his production schedule there at perennial ale but it was interesting the things that he mentioned very early on is i'm going to go do this with odell i'm going to go do this with you know russian river i'm going to go do this with new belgian and you know he you know he was almost marking time by the number of collaboration brews as opposed to saying you know what I have this really great side project, you know, Saison that's coming out in three months. It was interesting that the very first things that he was going to, you know, was talking about what he was doing with other brewers. So there's a tremendous amount of community as well. Oh, totally. I mean, and it's kind of like lends itself to this whole gypsy movement in craft beer making as well. You know, like love i mean as an ode to the family feud episode um you know the the um the brothers yeah you know the fact that they not only are gypsy brewers but they're collaborative gypsy brewers and it makes it really easy because you know you go to another brewery say hey can i borrow your equipment and then next thing you know hey you know why don't i just brew with you and make something really great and i mean most of the time it works sometimes maybe it doesn't but you know, you get an A for effort, but it's it's it, it's helping the community of craft brewers. You know, sort of like you're able to work together. It's like it's like in a um, an all star band. You know, you've got all these great band members from different bands. I gotta have more cowbell, baby. Wow. And then you Guess add the what? cowbell. <laughs> I got a fever, and the only prescription is more cowbell. <laughs> Now, which brewer would be playing the cowbell? <laughs> As they go, hmm, hmm. hmm. What do you think, Drew? I'm stroking my beer, si- my hmm. beard silently over here. I'll don't stroke your beer. Don't stroke my beer. I'll sip my beer. Hmm. Well, we'll think about uh, that story. But uh, I agree. You know, they're uh, they're getting together naturally, and it's just uh, a natural part of the outcome of that community, right? Yeah, I mean, and that's what, you know, for me, helps make me love craft beer that much more. Because you may have a great brewer, you know, a, a great company, and then they don't mind hanging out with somebody else and doing something collaborative. Yeah. You know, they don't mind. They, In fact, they love it. And that's what's so cool <clears throat> is everyone's, like, very down to earth. Hmm. As an anecdote, um, I've got a very strange beer background i i sort of backed into it backed mm. into my background oh he's getting into my beer already i know right <laughs> uh i did some restaurant consulting for a bit and uh started consulting a client that wanted to open a brew pub and so he flew me out to the uh craft brewers conference in washington dc uh back in 2013 i want to say and the first thing i noticed is the first thing that a lot of people notice and is you know written about on 
any industry blog the craft beer collegiate atmosphere everyone mm-hmm. wants yeah. to see everyone succeed a, a, a rising tide raises all ships uh if mm-hmm. you will oh, sure because it helps take down the man of course you know the I, I will say that while I agree just mathematically that we should see more collaboration beers arise because of you know the points you made that more and more breweries are opening, there also is a lot of uh, consolidation happening. Sure. Um, which, sh- will it see more collaboration? Will it see less? Who knows? Yeah. <clears throat> you know, we talked about uh, that a little bit with one of the other beers I was considering, you know, uh, was... A collaboration that was born out of uh, consolidation um, itself, and I, we're not going to talk about that beer. But uh, um, you know, I do think that uh, to Drew's point that if you go through you know some elements of industry consolidation, um, other purchases by macro brewers, or even you know combinations you know within the craft beer you know market itself, um, will that improve you know the quality of the brewing, or even you know these concept of these collaboration beers? You know, how is that going to be impacted? by it so but you know if anything uh, i think it's just uh, uh it strikes me as not only an excuse for travel but i think it's a it's a nice break for some of the brewers that they get to take a break from making the same things you know over and over and over um you know there are some brewers that um they just absolutely thrill uh, with the fact that they can make you know the same thing so consistently day in and day out because that's the real trick you know yeah, sure um but then there are other brewers that they miss their their days of playing around with ingredients and you know they they may have a pilot system that they experiment you know with certain measure of ingredients but when they are infusing that same collaborative spirit of you know i'll call it you know two home brewers in a in a garage you know type atmosphere of you know creating something once again you know it it has an an element of carrying over into their commercial practices as well so i think that it's a it's a natural part of the passion i think of some of the brewers that extends you know into these uh, collaboration brews as well so well, and I think too the um, that for a lot of the smaller ones, it's a chance to get their brewery's name out into marketplaces that they otherwise would would never see. Like the Beer Camp series, um, you know that that did a lot for a lot of small regional breweries. Yeah, definitely. Well, um, let's talk about the uh, the beers that we brought today to introduce those beers t- uh, to our audience, and then um, after we go through this quickly, we'll uh, we'll step around and talk around each of these beers. So, Dave, what beer did you bring today? So, the beer that I brought uh, is called the Beacon. Um, it was a one-time brew between um, local uh, Middle Tennessee breweries, uh, Yazoo and um, Calf Killer. One cool. of my one of my true favorites. So, Juliana, what, what did you bring today? I took a little bit of the West Coast and the East Coast, and I brought it together. Uh, it's Grassroots Brewing, which is a collaborative effort between Anchorage and Hill Farmstead, and it's called Arctic Soray. Cool. Excellent. Drew, what beer did you bring today? I've got something a little more mass market. It's a 2014 Lips of Faith Cigar City New Belgium collaboration, a ale brewed with anaheim peppers huh. nice okay achihuahua uh, <laughs> <laughs> and the uh, the beer i brought is uh from westbrook 
West Westbrook. Westbrook Brewing. <laughs> it's a Westbrook Brewing. That <laughs> guy needs some more beer. It's Westbrook and uh, Stillwater. Uh, it's called Big Tasty's Backdoor. Uh, that uh, I know, Dave just he can't get enough of this, so he just loves the name of this. So those are the beers that uh, we get to talk about today. We're going to go through again each of these beers, and each host is going to introduce their beer, uh, get to offer up their tasting notes, but not their suds ratings. And then the rest of us will get to pound down and see if uh, we actually like the beer that you brought. So those are our show-and-tell rules. All right, Dave, you're up first. So, so talk oh, about this uh, this <clears throat> beer from Yazoo. And Calf Killer. And so Calf Killer. Yeah, I'm sorry. We de-emphasize one and emphasize the other. No, I just know that Yazoo bottles the beer, so that I guess that's why I think of it as a Fine. Yazoo beer. So, Well, um, so... As anyone who has lived in or traveled through Tennessee knows, it is not the friendliest of beer states. Um, it, uh, you know, we've had, we did have the highest, I believe, beer tax, and now we have almost the highest beer tax. But in 2012, um, Yazoo Brewing and their, um, their head brewer and owner, Linus, uh, uh, decided to take a stand and he collaborated with the sergio brothers and calf killer uh the beacon shines a light on tennessee's crappy beer tax and um it is an ale brewed with smoked uh, german oak smoked wheat malt tennessee honey uh, a little bit of calf killers roasted coffee and uses uh calf killers uh house yeast strain which i believe is belgian in origin um, I cannot say this is my favorite beer um, from either brewery, but the reason I brought it tonight is because I think it was brewed for a really good cause, and it shows that collaborative brews can be more than just fun. They can really um, be used to uh, to help the beer community and uh, small businesses in general. <clears throat> so uh, some other things I know about this beer is uh, they actually crafted this beer, you know, specifically for this, you know, marketing awareness, you know, around the beer tax uh, here. And it actually was born out of uh, the Tennessee Brewers Guild mm -hmm. um, and specifically so that they could uh, demonstrate the solidarity that they had, you know, in equal taxation, um, you know, across the board. And so, uh, this was a it, it's it's an interesting way of using you know your beer to make a point um, at the same time you know uh, making great beer. So a couple of interesting facts is that um, Calf Killer, uh, based in Sparta, Tennessee, uh, does not distribute it in a bottle, and so that's the reason why right. some of you are going. I've never heard of Calf Killer, and the reason why is because it's a very regional you know distribution base. Um, and we all love, you know, Calf Killer. I mean, Dave and Don are they're they're awesome. You know, I can't say enough great things about their beer. Uh, plus, I just love the name of their beers. I mean, who doesn't <laughs> love the name Sergio's Old Evil Old Evil Ass Bullshit Ale? I mean, yeah. who, I mean, that is just such a killer name of beer. I think he sits around and just comes up with stuff like that all day long. That was actually named for their dad, by the way. Uh, yeah. Well, you know, I just the the two Dave and Don are just. 
They are so charismatic. I mean, mm-hmm. if you think their beer is good, their personality is just amazing. I just love to sit within like 10 feet of them. They're just so uh, fun to be around, and they love what they're doing. Um, and it was really great that uh, people were able to finally uh, obtain some beer that they had a hand in making. Uh, because normally, uh, you know, again, their their distribution is like about 150 miles, you know, around Sparta, Tennessee. And uh, so this enabled a lot of their beer to actually travel in a bottle uh, where it had not previously gone. So that's great. Uh, so uh, what are some of your tasting notes on this beer, Dave? Well, um, bearing in mind this beer was brewed uh, the last part of 2012. So I do think it held up in the bottle. Uh fairly well having said that smoked malts are not everyone's forte uh or their favorite taste uh to me the aroma was a little bit like a sock um not a punch uh, an actual sock that you put on your foot um once you taste it though you do get a hint of the smoked malt um i didn't pull a lot of roasted coffee flavors out but i did get um, a little bit of the honey sweetness uh, in the back. So mm. I thought it was, uh, I think it's a pretty decent beer. Yeah. Juliana, what did you think about uh, Yazoo uh, and Cavkiller's Beacon here? Um, I remember it being decent when I um, had it live. Um, it's just very, it's very malt, it's smoky. It's, it's still on my tongue. <laughs> What's your such rating on this? A two. A two. Was that a belch? <clears throat> Sorry. Drew, what'd you think about uh, Yazoo and Calf Killer's Beacon here? Well, I unfortunately did not get to taste it when it was fresh. Having tasted it now, I I must agree that it is definitely smoky above all else. Um, I didn't get any coffee. Uh, more of a light nutty undertone Mm. to it if anything um i'm gonna have to give it a three a three ah what a relief my tasting notes on calf killer and yazoo's beacon are um so i actually wrote down this was kind of a bit citrus forward um bitter um and uh uh, i can't read my other word (laughs) (laughs) so pathetic can't uh, read it or you can't read it? No, I can't read my own handwriting. I don't know what I was saying there. Anyway, uh, you know, the one thing I can uh, read here is that this actually got better with time. I have to say, when it was first released, I was like, hmm, I am not a fan. But then I'm not a fan of smoked beer. Right. So I'll own up to the, to that. Uh, yeah, there are two things that I don't like, hibiscus and smoke. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Which are both in this flight. But anyway... You know, uh, I really didn't feel like the smoke was overbearing. It was actually fairly subtle. And I actually think this beer got better um, in in the bottle. Um, so I was not a fan uh, when it got released. And I think it, this actually uh, moved to the point that, um, you know, I think people can consume this um, on, a, on a routine basis. So uh, my said rating for Beacon and Yasu is going to be three as well. 
Ah, what a relief. All right, we're out of the shoot, but uh, we're uh, up to the point of taking a segment break here. So we'll take a quick break right here and come right back and talk about more collaboration beers. Thanks for coming back to Sips, Suds, and Smokes. Today on our Sud segment, we are talking about collaboration beers. And this is a show-and-tell segment where each of the hosts has brought a beer to talk about. We've talked about one of those four, which was Yazoo and Calf Killer's Beacon. And up next is going to be Juliana with an interesting beer made out of, uh, that has hibiscus in it. I can't wait for this. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay, then. So, Grassroots Brewing Company is an offshoot project of the illustrious Sean Hill from Hill Farmstead. Yay! Um, he had this beer contract brewed by Anchorage Brewing Company. Yay! Another one. And as you crafty beer geeks know, both of these breweries have a love for the things that are soury and saisony in the world. So, yay to them. Okay. So, this is a Saison slash farmhouse ale that was brewed with our illustrious Brett, some lime juice, and yes, hibiscus. Mm. All of which is wrapped up and aged in some oak barrels. Sure, redeem yourself, fine. I'm I'm working on it. (laughs) Whatever, whatever. Um, To me, this tastes like a lovely funky chardonnay um hmm. it's got the color of the like a grapefruit um it's a really pretty looking grapefruit you know and um and to me it even has that taste i, I mean i know it's lime juice that's in there but i get that somewhat you know grapefruit rindiness out of it and i do taste the hibiscus and i'm a fan of hibiscus because i like hibiscus tea so Sorry, there's that. Um, but I think it's a really interesting collaboration, and um, I'm like so thrilled I was able to get it. Cool. Uh, remind me, it's Hill uh, Hill Farmstead and and Anchorage. Anchorage. An- Anchorage. Anchorage. Okay. All right. Cool. I just wanted to make sure. Uh, Drew, what do you think about this beer from Hill Farmstead and Anchorage? I have to say, upon first taste, I was not too sure what to think. Uh, I first note i wrote down was effervescent it's it's definitely light a uh, little on the drier side i i got lime the color is certainly grapefruit mm. uh hands down um the hibiscus didn't shine through to me um i just a mild floral undertone uh i got it on the nose but it didn't uh it didn't come through in the taste i I did very much enjoy it. Hmm. And what's your Suds rating on this? I'd have to say that's a solid four. Wow. Uh, a four. A body uh, should really not make that sound. The name of this beer is Arctic Soiree. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, I don't I don't think you mentioned that, or I was asleep at the wheel when you said basically everything. Sorry. Actually, it's, it's difficult to look at you. I'm staring straight at Juliana tonight because wow. she is wearing a... Uh, 
uh, a, a, hat a hat with I the know. logo on it. A hat with a logo for the wrong hockey wow, team. But you're that's hard right. to look wrong at. Yeah, she's wearing team. a winter cap anyway. So Mike knows how to talk to the ladies. You know, yeah. you're kind of hard to look at. I've, I've insulted her <laughs> wardrobe. I've told her hibiscus sucks. I'm just, I have no idea where to go from here. Please save me, someone. This you better needs, rate her beer highly. This needs more cowbell. That's what this needs for sure. All right. So, uh, Arctic Soiree from Hill Farmstead and Anchorage. Say that right? I always say Alaska. I always get Alaska Brewing and Anchorage. Always, you know. Anyway, um, this is pleasant. I thought it was a mild, sour, sweet, just really great balance. Um, I think of all the hibiscus, you know, spiced beers I've had. I love this. This is really good. Um, You know... I thought about declaring this a chick beer when I saw the ingredients, just because I say hibiscus and chick beer rather quickly. Um, but uh, <clears throat> the uh, I have to say this is a this is a very good entry level you know sour beer. I would say for you know some people that are you know just kind of getting into sours, I, I almost declare this a gateway sour you know beer because uh, it's it's very pleasant. Um, you know I. Actually, you saw me pour more of this after I finished my samples, so that's a dead giveaway. My sedge rating for Arctic Soiree is a four as well. Uh, uh, a body should really not make that sound. Dave, what do you think about Arctic Soiree from Hill Farmstead and <clears throat> well, Anchorage? First off, before I go into the beer, uh, when you mentioned uh, Juliana's wardrobe, uh, you probably couldn't tell because she's sitting across from the table from you. She is also wearing red uh, Doc Martin shoes with cat heads on them. So <laughs> that does not fit the Blackhawks hat, Blackhawks jersey, and cat head shoes. So that's my wife, everybody. Oh man, uh, take my wife, please. So Arctic Soiree, um, I, I agree with you. It's 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 not a sour aficionados go-to beer but uh it's it's very drinkable it's very approachable it's um you're saying this would not win awards at the canteon no uh, no tasting <laughs> but i you know what i bet they'd drink it yeah you know i think in a blind tasting yeah. i completely agree yeah you leave the word hibiscus out and serve it up power it down baby <laughs> they would be like, what is that one? This is thing? a this yeah. is a very rare Belgian gouze. Yeah. <laughs> the uh the, the yeast is from a very tiny remote village in Belgium. You've never heard of it. It's there are people hi- in Europe that are actually on. picking the hibiscus flowers by <laughs> hand in Belgium just to put in this beer. Fabulous. Small children, their fingers. Yes. Are. I agree, yes. This so they don't bruise the petals. I yeah, agree. Exactly. Yes, yes. So um <laughs> And the hills are alive with the sound of music too. <laughs> yes. But um, I do, uh, I do get uh, strong citrus from this. I also got a little bit of salt. Um, maybe, hmm. uh, maybe just be the uh, the acidity from the uh, from the lime juice coming through in a way. But um, I did like the play between the lime and the uh, hibiscus. I agree. It's probably yeah. the most hibiscus has been said in an episode ever. No. We had the hibiscus uh, gouze and uh, at Cheeky Monk, yeah. Remember oh, that? that's right. Yeah, yeah that's we said right. hibiscus a few yeah. times then. Too. I don't think it was gouze or, or goza. It was something else. Hibiscus, anyway. 
Yeah. You couldn't hear us anyway. It was so loud in there. Yeah. All I could hear was Michael Jackson music. Cheeky monkey. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, I really enjoyed this beer. I think pretty much anyone who likes beer could enjoy it. I gave it a four. A solid four as well. How about that, Juliana? Have we redeemed ourselves? Made fun of the word hibiscus so much you thought the beer was going to suck. And it was really good. So, excellent. Thank you for bringing that. <clears throat> Up next is going to be Drew. Uh, so, Drew, tell us what, what beer you brought and all about it. All right, so it is the Cigar City New Belgium collaboration from the 2014 Lips of Faith series, released October 2013. It's 8.5% ABV, um, tasting notes, Belgian yeast, some Anaheim and Marash peppers, citrusy hops aged in Spanish cedar. Mm. I will say I had this when it was fresh, and the hop aroma... Um, you know, the esters were, were very present. Uh, it was very fresh tasting. Um, the cedar was very pronounced. I, I thought at the time that it was worth sticking back for a little while, so I did. And I have to say that the hops mellowed a bit, um, which is kind of what I wanted. I wanted a little more pepper out of it on the mm-hmm. on the first taste. And, and I'd say that it came through, although with a, a little warm smokiness to it that I did not anticipate. I wonder if that's the cedar coming into play. Uh, I can't say that I would seek it out again, but I'm happy that I set it aside to see how aging came into play. It was one of my first forays into aging a beer of Mm. this background. And I'd have to say it was a good introduction. <clears throat> well, thanks for uh, bringing this beer. And so Drew and I were talking, uh, you know, before the episode today that uh, uh, Reverend Mark and I were actually at, at New Belgium on the day they released this beer. And so we actually got to taste it, you know, fresh. I mean, just right there while we were at New Belgium in Fort Collins. And um, I remember, um, you know, how that moment went because we didn't know that that was happening. It happened during... GABF for uh, 2013 is uh, when uh, they release this beer. And my first reaction was, yay, you know, this is New Belgium and Scar City, you know. And then, you know, they passed out the tasting samples. And I had, in both Reverend Mark and I had this just lackluster moment. We were like, ooh, hey, can I have some more Ranger? <laughs> you know, <laughs> just, you know. So it was just, it was really this, you know, kind of lackluster moment, you know, that we had. You know, right there, I was really excited with the collaboration, but there were it just did not you know strike us as something that we really liked. There was something about I don't know, just the uh, it was off balance. It was just you know it was almost brash. Uh, was you know what I thought about it at the moment. My tasting notes for this particular bottle that Drew uh, brought for this particular episode, I thought that it was uh, kind of malt. Um, hoppy, uh, a bit of citrus. Um, I did not like the bitterness. I it wasn't a pleasant bitterness. Um, I don't know if it was a style of wood or whatever that they used. You know, around this, it just um, struck me as something I just I didn't particularly enjoy. Um, I will say that I did. I do think it got better with time than the way that it was at the brewery. But uh, my sedge rating for the New Belgium Cigar City collaboration was same as beer. I, it's not named. It's not named. It's just called the collaboration. Anyway, my sudden rating for this beer is a two. 
was that a belch dave what do you think about this new uh new belgian cigar city collaboration well um i didn't get to try it uh before tonight and um i'm a big fan of new belgium and i'm a really really big fan of cigar city um i have had a couple of other cigar city collaborations that i don't think i enjoyed as much as i usually enjoy just cigar city beers um but this one um i i thought it was very hop forward um and and i i didn't know about the cedar until drew was talking about it um but it kind of makes sense because there was another flavor there uh, it wasn't the chilies it wasn't the hops but uh i i didn't really know what it was so i thought it might have just been an aspect of the uh something to do with the chilies but but now the cedar makes sense i think it rounds out the flavor pretty well i think it the beer is from what the way you described it previously to what i'm tasting now it sounds like it aged very well it did in the bottle I, I do yeah um but um i think it was you know if i didn't know about the uh the cedar and the chilies i would think well if i didn't know about the cedar i would just think it was a nice hoppy ipa with some very mild chilies in the background and um i actually gave it a four hmm. how about that body should really not make that sound juliana what do you think about the scar city new belgian collaboration here yeah you know how like songs will trigger you know a memory of like you know high school prom or when you met your future wife husband whatever okay this brought back a memory of me as a kid um so when i was little and i would visit my grandmother she had a cedar closet and um, my grandfather had this love of these little square caramels with chocolate on them. Anyways, I would get in trouble a lot. And, you know, I had to have a hiding spot. So I would grab the caramel that was on the table before you would get to the closet. And I'd go hide in the closet. And so it was a small closet. I mean, there were coats. There was wool. There was, you know, old smells. But there was me chomping on the caramel for dear life. And the, and the smell of the cedar. Huh. And that's what I got when I whiffed this. I'm like, oh, my God. I'm getting in trouble again. Damn. <laughs> I got to run to the closet. They um, say smell is the strongest <laughs> uh, memory sense. And, um, yeah, thanks a lot for taking me to my past. Now my butt's starting to hurt. <laughs> But anyways, wow, um, just for the record, I'm married <laughs> and I have been a nothing but a gentleman. <laughs> but besides that yeah the, this the it's an overwhelming you know caramel slash cedar smell which like really blew me away um and then i got like some almost like a tart cherry with the heat it was weird you know what i mean because you could taste the pepper but there was still like this kind of hearty cherry with it i maybe that's the type of pepper that it is and i don't know much about anaheim peppers or chilies but whatever um and then i know also noticed that it was really creamy too uh and i thought wow this is a really interesting creamy beer but i'm not drinking a cream ale um anyways i give this a three hmm. a three ah oh, what a relief <clears throat> so uh really great beer uh drew thank you for uh, bringing that and uh, so really in, enjoyed that uh, trip around memory lane for you there, uh, for sure. And there was, you didn't get in trouble for any beer in the course of that story? No. No. That's I was too- like flipping seven. What do I know? Well, you know. I was drinking rock and rye. I wasn't drinking beer. <laughs> uh, 
<laughs> I knew that it was going to come around to that somehow, some way. <laughs> well, uh, we've enjoyed uh, talking about uh, three of the beers uh, so far. Listen, we're going to take a segment break here, and we'll be right back. I'll talk about the beer that I brought, as well as uh, we'll probably talk a little bit more about collaboration beer as well. So come right back. Thank you for joining us here on Sips, Suds, and Smokes. Our episode today is all about collaboration beer. This is a Suds, or this is a <laughs> this is a Suds segment. It is. This is a show and tell show where each of our hosts has brought a beer, and I'm just drinking too much and have no idea what's going on anyway. <laughs> so uh, next up uh, is the beer that I brought uh, to share with everybody, and Dave is such a huge fan of the name of this. Say it, say it. Back, back door, baby. <laughs> well, don't say that. But first, her, first, yeah. <laughs> first, oh, her, yeah. first, her butt's hurting, and now you're talking about back doors. That's right. And your very white voice. <clears throat> That's right. My very white voice. Gonna be talking about the Westbrook yeah. Sweetwater Stillwater, <laughs> uh, Big Tasty's back door. That's right. Wow. Take them clothes off. Take them shoes off. I want to see them cat socks, baby. All right. So uh, <laughs> that's a different episode. Wow. <laughs> Get your stuff. Get your stuff, honey. We're going on. All right. So this beer is all from, yours, Drew. Yeah, I know. <laughs> uh, this beer is, you know, this is a slightly different twist on the concept of collaboration. So. Most of the beers that we've talked about have been a couple of brewers that get in a room and they're like, hey, let's let's make a beer. You know, I have some ideas and they kind of collaborate and, you know, they decide to make it on somebody's equipment, you know, one, you know, one place or the other typically. Uh, this particular beer is not quite down that vein. So let me read the description uh, on this beer. Westbrook's Big Tasty Backdoor is a remix on Stillwater's Cellar Door Saison. A number of herbs and spice known for their therapeutic properties are added to the uh, expand and cleansing aspect of white sage in the original recipe. Then at bottling, they actually added bread um, for a funky complexity that will develop over time. So <clears throat> instead of you know them actually coming up with a collaboration beer, this is a beer that Stillwater was already making as a Saison and Westbrook's you know kind of picked it up here and they've they've actually played around with the recipe and said hey i think we can do something kind of innovative new and different with this um i suspect that <clears throat> part of it is uh, i don't know that stillwater has a sour line and so they maybe just didn't want to introduce you know any bread in their equipment at all and so that may be something that basically they had the access of doing that you know at westbrook itself but I'm still wondering, you know, through all of this about where did you come up with the name, you know, for this? It's like you're sitting around going, what are we going to name this, you know, beer that's actually just a, a, a funky, you know, Saison now? And somebody went, I don't know, let's call it Big Tasty and said, no, we have to come up with something different. Let's call it Big Tasty Backdoor, baby. <laughs> it's like, you know, so I just really wonder, you know, how that marketing meeting went down and. 
you know, what were they actually talking about, you know, when they were, you know, coming up with the name? They'd probably had a few bottles of it by the time they settled on the name. As most marketing meetings tend to go around breweries, that's for sure. As most meetings tend to go around yeah. breweries. Yeah. <clears throat> that's the reason why, you know, most, we enjoy a lot of things about beer. There's just no rhyme or reason sometimes. My tasting notes around a backdoor is, um, you know, I thought it had a lot of orange peel um, on it. I thought it was kind of funky. Um, the bread off this is is kind of light. It's uh, it's really well balanced. Um, so this is a very interesting beer. I must confess, I had not tasted this beer before bringing it tonight. I knew the story, but I didn't know the beer. Um, so it was, uh, it was it was an interesting add into the mix here. Dave, what did you think about Big Tasty Backdoor from Westbrook and Stillwater? Well, first off, I don't like the way you do your voice when you say that name. I know, uh, baby. Me. I like the name, but I, you're making me feel a little uncomfortable. So anyway. Are you claiming, are you claiming sexual harassment I, I on a radio you, show? I believe you've created a hostile work environment here. Calling HR right after the show. <laughs> I thought he was getting hot, but anyway, you know. <laughs> so uh, it's funny that you said the word uh, therapeutic uh, in the description because one of my tasting notes was that this beer tastes like it would be good for you. Um, there is a very strong herbal blend, sort of like you know drinking an herbal tea. Um, it reminds me a lot, actually, of a Gruet. Um, uh, a very you know an old herbal ale <clears throat> and um and and i really enjoy drinking those i think i do think beer um handled the right way can be a very nourishing and therapeutic thing for people so uh i really enjoyed it i drink it as a nourishment each day <laughs> i'm always taking my vitamins trust me um but i i really thought this was uh probably the best beer that we've had tonight um i do think uh it it, it smells to me like gingerbread kind of by huh. the way but um i gave it um i gave it a strong four four the body should make not make that sound juliana what do you think about this uh the big tasty backdoor from stillwater and westbrook well i'm a big fan of stillwater um because i think they might be one of the original gypsy brewers that is hmm. out there. Um, yeah, and I've also been to um, the restaurant called Of Love and Regret, which is also a beer of theirs. Um, love. And then, of course, I mean, Westbrook. God, can't go wrong with that place either. Um, this beer was interesting because when I first, my first tasting notes were that the smell was very lemongrassy, but it also reminded me of baby powder. It had like a baby powder aroma to it. Yeah, but as this puppy has warmed up, I, I know, I know you're giving me that look, and it's not just because of my hat. Um, <laughs> but as it's warmed up, I'm telling you, it's like key lime pie. I'm tasting a lot of lime in this puppy, which I know it doesn't even exist. So it must be the Brett doing something to my taste buds. Um, anyways, it's it's very crisp. It's very light. And I really enjoyed this beer, especially as it's morphed into like dessert over here. Hmm. Um, and I give this a four. Wow. My body should not make that sound. Joe, what do you think about Backdoor, Big Tasty's Backdoor from Stillwater and uh, Westbrook? 
Well, I uh, I do have to say I, I like the back door. <laughs> uh, and good night, folks. <laughs> I'll see my way out. I'm glad we're keeping the continuity of sexual harassment <laughs> going through this this discussion in the episode. I just I just play along, you know. You people are are, are nuts. I I'm, saw I'm, Dave I'm kind of learning. pucker up right there. You see him? He just kind of rose up about another three inches, where he's kind of puckering up a bit. What the? <laughs> it's like prison. <laughs> Don't drop the soap. <laughs> do we need to do a uh, disclaimer at the front of the episode? Not oh, for... no, no, no. Oh, no, no, no. Well, I mean, you've got to be 21 years old to drink the stuff anyway, <laughs> right? You should be 21 to listen to this. Yeah, I can hear a 12-year-old going, I'm the back. I like the back door. <laughs> Baba, I like the back door. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Wow, who's big tasty and what's this about his back door? <laughs> I don't know, but I want to know more. <laughs> no, um, Give me a phone. You ain't listening to that no, no more. <laughs> I have to say, uh, I, I agree. I would almost go, I agree with Dave um, on the sort of herbal note. I'd almost go so far as to say medicinal even. Yeah. Um, the first thing I wrote down was it reminded me a bit of absinthe. Hmm. And then while we were sitting here talking about it, uh, I love playing around with cocktails, and it, it reminds me a little bit of some things that I've done with Frenette Branca and mm. uh, and some different style of bitters. It, it just, I'm a big bitters nerd. And yeah, no, I could totally see that. It, yeah. uh, it, for, to take me back to uh, just a few short years ago, not my childhood, um, New York City, uh, Love and Bitters was the name of the bar, Amoria Margo, and drinking this beer i was trans transplanted back ever so briefly and now that i know that i can buy this in a bottle someplace albeit i'm sure it's limited and no you know it was fairly widely uh available um yeah i don't uh uh i think the distribution of this was really along uh, westbrook's um, okay. distribution which is pretty broad i mean yeah. that's uh, i think they're almost in 13 states i want to say um, but, uh, yeah, you can get it to uh, any street corner in Alabama. Yeah. <laughs> wow. That's not the only thing. <laughs> you might find Big Tasty there. You want some back door, boy? And back door. <laughs> oh, I got you back door. Yeah. It'll, so, it'll never. We'll take care of you real good. You drive down to Huntsville. Be careful who you ask. I'm looking for uh, Big Tasty's back door. <laughs> well, you it's go awesome. down the street there about a half mile and... Tell them Mike sent you. <laughs> yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Yep. I, I have to I have to give it a a solid four if if I could. Cool. <clears throat> um yeah, body should really not make that sound. So great. Well, I'm really glad you guys uh in, enjoyed that beer. And I did as well. You know, like like I said, uh this was uh the first time I got to uh, try and enjoy that beer as well, and uh, it was great to kind of throw it in the mix. It kind of uh, was a very um, interesting flight, uh, for sure. Um, I never thought that I would say the, I love the hibiscus, you know, and I, I've been continuing to sip it over here, and so I really enjoyed that quite a bit, <clears throat> for sure. You know, uh, so I'm curious, uh, after having some of these collaboration beers, um, you know, kind of coming back to our you know our thought process as we kind of walked into this um i was going to kind of continue the discussion which is 
I mean, do you think you know collaboration beers still are a working you know product? Is the beer better, or is it just kind of a marketing gimmick still? I don't think it's a marketing gimmick per se. I think what I like about collaborations is you're getting, for the most part, a really good product, and then you're also allowing these some of these little guys that you know don't have the money for distribution or for whatever reason do not want to distribute that far to kind of hook up with somebody who has a, a bigger distribution model you know and and get it out to the masses so that they can feel that they can benefit of that from people that like collaboration i mean i think it's a win-win situation so, uh, you know, the one other topic that, you know, I thought we'd come back and revisit would be, you know, um, talking about how well, you know, collaboration beers were going to do. But, you know, the other topic that I really thought that we wouldn't be talking about is the concept of cellaring itself. And, mm -hmm. you know, so in this flight, we had a couple of beers that had been cellared. And I have to say that I was pretty surprised. You know, we've had some interesting discussion about aging beers in the past. And, you know, we've had a lot of heated topic, you know, from, um, you know, some of our listeners as well as, you know, other people, you know, in the beer community as well. And <clears throat> um, if you had told me that the beers that had been cellared would do well, I would have said no way because they're just not in that profile. Um, the Beacon was a beer that um, was one of the beers we had cellared, and outside of six months, I would have said no way uh, that that beer is going to improve. The other beer we had that had been cellared a bit as well was the um, uh, Cigar City uh, New mm -hmm. Belgian beer, and I wouldn't have guessed that that beer would have improved either with cellaring. Any surprises for you guys, you know, about that and the and the type of beers as well, you know, that cellared? I'm not. Um, actually, I'm not that surprised about the Beacon just because, <clears throat> you know, smoked malt, a lot of people uh, very quickly get heavy-handed with it um, unintentionally. Um, smoke, and this is from a brewing experience, it's very, very easy to overdo it. Um, and beer, luckily, is very forgiving for the most part. Um, give it its time. And, and, you know, it may take a year, it may take two years, it may just take a few months. But if you give beer enough time, often it will, uh, if it's not great right at the beginning, a lot of times it will develop character over time if you store it properly. Yeah, so, I mean, if you guys had walked into it, would, would those have been some beers that you would have chosen to sell her? No. Yeah, uh, neither would I. I mean, Juliana's shaking her head. I mean, no head. offense, yeah. but no. Yeah, I, I know. Yeah. It doesn't just, fit the profile. It really doesn't, you know, because we, yeah. you know, part of what we talked about is, you know, you're really kind of looking for things that are high gravity. You're looking for things that have, you know, a flavor profile of complexity to begin with. Things mm -hmm. that... Uh, <clears throat> you know, uh, a lot of stouts, a lot of porters, a lot of, you know, Sours. imperial versions, you know, sure. uh, sour lambics, um, yeah. blended beers, um, you know, tend to do things and things that are constructed for, for bottle conditioning as well. 
Um, you don't want something that's you know been barrel aged and then they throw it in a bottle and you're like, oh, it's going to get a whole lot better in the bottle. I'm going to get a lot more of the barrel aging, uh, dude. Just took it out of the barrel, <laughs> so <clears throat> it's definitely not going to improve. You know, much better. You know, in the bottle, unless you love the taste of glass. You know, but yep. um, you know, so I think that when I think about you know both of those beers, um, they just don't kind of fall in that profile, and I would have. N- I would not have naturally, you know, selected those beers, you know, to uh, to sell her age. So I'm shocked. You know, I'm I'm uh, um, I am yet again, you know, educated through our own show because uh, I, I don't know. I kind of been on the bandwagon. People are like, "Well, I think this will do really well with aging," and I go, <laughs> "No, <laughs> uh, drink it, man." <laughs> wonder if wonder if people are going to start, you know, you know, canning is becoming more and more in vogue um and it's more more cost effective these days Hmm. and more socially responsible i'm wondering you know they're they're less prone for oxidization uh oxidation and uh light Hmm. uh can't get in so i wonder if more people might try you know canning a big barley wine and seeing if that would age well well so i have a quick uh two minute story here um and then we'll wrap up so uh, the beer, one of the beers I had this week, <clears throat> excuse me, hang on, uh, was uh, I was uh, I was down in the cellar and I was like, hmm, I'm kind of in the mood for something different. And I ran across a can of Three Beans uh, oh, yeah. from uh, from Six, Six Point, Point. Yeah. and um, you know Juliana and Dave are going, oh yeah, I remember that beer, but you know what? I haven't seen it released since you know since we yeah. had it. So this is almost two years ago. Um, if not even longer than that, and I actually had one can left, and I was like, "Hmm, mm. I wonder what this will be like." And so, uh, sure enough, I popped it open. And I'm like, well, "I wonder if this will get better." Because I have remembered, you know, some impressions that we had, at least that I had about that beer was yeah. that uh, I just didn't think it had enough coffee, you know, in it, and, and the marketing concept and the beer just, I don't know, because wasn't matching up and i just didn't i was like this is not a really good porter to begin with i you know um, it's kind of thin yeah and so um i have to say that it was exactly the same (laughs) oh it had all of those good to know it had all of those same characteristics you know that we're talking about you're right it was thin it didn't have enough coffee i still was like hmm you know the, the porter is still not there i'm glad they didn't make more so So it was like frozen in time it was yeah you know and and uh so it was an interesting you know uh experiment um you know just with a beer that i would not have typically you know saved uh like that uh in a bottle as well so but that's good i mean that's good to know that if you find something in a can that you truly enjoy yeah it'll be fine right you can hold on to it because it well it's sealed i mean as opposed to capped and you know oxygen is still going to make it in through those caps even if you have those you know oxygen free tops or whatever all that uh westbrook goza we have so we know it'll stay good for a while <sighs> to get us through the hump until it's it released. It. Yeah, <laughs> again, definitely. <clears throat> well, let's uh, let's work on uh, wrapping up our show for today. Uh, it's been a great discussion. I really enjoyed uh, all the collaboration beers that uh, we got to uh, chat about for today. 
<clears throat> Thanks to all our listeners here on Sips, Suds, and Smokes. You can catch all of our episodes online on iTunes, SoundCloud, TuneIn, Stitcher, YouTube, Uncle John's Basement, and Spreaker, our native media host. Our terrestrial radio stations are always expanding, and if you would like to hear you, this show on your favorite radio station, send them a two-year-old can of three beans. <laughs> well, actually, I will say, send them that uh, really great beer from... Uh, um, with hibiscus in it from um, where's Anchorage it from? And and, yeah, I knew I'd screwed up. <clears throat> anyway, they'll enjoy that. They might put us on the show, put us on the air anyway. Listen, you can reach us online anytime. Our email address is info at sips, suds, and smokes. I love to hear from you, it's really great. Dave, how can fans send you a SS Brutex flagship seven gallon fermenter? The Chronicle. Well, just uh, <laughs> just send me a gift certificate to uh, leave the cork in at sipsudsandsmokes.com. Absolutely. You did want that one, right? Oh, yeah. I got, I got the right one, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, right yeah, baby. Our daily tasting notes flow out on Twitter every single day. Our handle is at sipsudsmoke. Our Facebook page is always buzzing with lots of news. Sip, Suds, and Smokes is sponsored by A5 Group and Craft Beer Kings. Do us a favor and take the time to rate this episode if you're listening to us online. That's a big help to us, and we get to see your feedback as well. I want to thank my co-host for being here today. Dave, thank you for joining us. Thanks for the tasty back door. He's been waiting hours to say that, hasn't he? Juliana, thanks for joining us today. Now everyone will love hibiscus. Oh, yes, I definitely will. Drew, thank you for joining us for this episode. It was my pleasure. And maybe he'll come back. I doubt (laughs) it. I don't know. You guys are kind of scary. I am, so. Listen, it's good boy Mike asking you to join us once again and keep on sipping. This has been a one-tan-hand production of Sip, Suds, and Smokes, a program devoted to the appreciation of some of the finer slices of life. From the dude in the basement studios, your host, the good old boys, will see you all next time.